This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. So what do science and technology have to do with state government and politics? Turns out, quite a bit. But if you've been following Wisconsin's Foxconn saga, you might already know that. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about state government and politics in Wisconsin. I am joined this week by Tom Still, who's the president of the Wisconsin Technology Council. The Tech Council is a nonprofit bipartisan science and tech policy advisory board, which offers advice to the governor and the legislature here in Wisconsin. Tom is also a former journalist, which means he can actually talk about these issues in ways that make sense to people like me. We talked about what the Tech Council actually does, how it decides which issues to weigh in on and what positions to take, and we got into the specifics on some of the issues that have come up for debate recently. Stay tuned, we'll get to that in just a minute. Thank you, Tom, for, for being here today at the Cap Times Podcasting Studio. Which, uh, back in, in your day when you were here at the State Journal, this was part of the photo element, it sounds like. That's that's right. Thanks, Jesse. Yes, it was. And uh, uh, But uh, time marches on, and so there's new, uh, new uses and new technologies, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely a part of the evolution. So how long has it been since you were you were an associate editor at the Wisconsin State Journal? Um, how long has it been since you were a newsroom employee? I left uh, the State Journal in 2002, uh, about this time of year, and uh, it was to uh, to go run the Wisconsin Technology Council, and s- certainly just about everybody at that time thought I was crazy, which <laughs> which uh, may indeed be true, uh, but it was uh, a new effort and a great challenge, and and really appreciated uh, all, you know the time I've been there, as did I I, I love the time you know in journalism, and it's. It's always a love. Yeah, it's hard to hard to shake that in one way or another. But it, it really is. Once you're once you're kind of addicted, I don't I don't know of any therapies. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us would benefit if we could find them. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, so so science and technology are kind of fields that um, traditionally I think there there is like a communication gap between um, the people who do those things and those of us who try to understand them from the outside and interpret them. So you. It probably is useful to have someone with a communication background kind of stepping into that role and, and being that liaison. Yeah, that was really the theory from the beginning with the, with the Tech Council board at the time. They, the board itself was made up of people who were really good technologists or people who understand uh, stood financing of young companies or researchers and others. And so th- what, what I think they were looking for was someone who did understand communications about putting those pieces together, could help organize things, and understood public policy broadly. And uh, that's where, you know, I think we were a bit of ahead of the time because we needed that kind of uh, interface. Sure. Um, so what was the impetus for the formation of the council, and um, what was the, the goal at the time? The, the goal at the time was to be uh, an independent and nonprofit advisor to the governor and the legislature and state agencies on matters involving science and technology, but I think more specifically science and technology and the economy and how they, they came together. 
And so um, other states uh, had organizations like that already, other states and regions. Um, and um, it, it came out of an initiative by then Governor Tommy Thompson through the uh, Wisconsin Economic Summits, which was uh, a gathering of the tribes from, from UW and well beyond the business sector and labor and others uh, in the early 2000s. So it was to really, the first push was to be that, that kind of advisor, but it grew into much more in terms of connecting entrepreneurs, investors, and many others in, in the system. Yeah, how, is, uh, how would you describe the, the shift in, in mission today? What is the, the goals and, and the missions of the group today? Still very much on that policy side. I mean, we connect with um, folks in the governor's office, the, the state agencies, the legislature uh, on a regular basis around issues of, of interest to them and us. Um, and so that's still very much alive. And we also have a, a bit of a kind of a national component that way now. Um, there's a group called the Tech Councils of North America, of which we're a member. And, in fact, it met here in Madison over the summer. Oh, cool. And so uh, there's a lot of things about that that touch federal policy. But there's always the, the notion of connecting young companies, investors, and others throughout the infrastructure to, uh, to really improve it for all. And, of course, there's a communication side ac- across all of that. So I'd say uh, we've really grown into some event sides and hands-on sides that weren't necessarily immediately in- envisioned but grew out pretty quickly. Sure. I mean, certainly a, a lot in, in technology and the, the business climate that surrounds it has changed since the early 2000s in Wisconsin and everywhere. But uh, at the same time, you're also an organization that's working with uh, a government that's going to go through changes in terms of l- majorities in the legislature, governors and their administrations. Um, how does the the tech council deal with, you know, changing from, you know, one administration to the next and, and just sort of the transient nature of working with state government? Mm-hmm. Well, we were created uh, quite deliberately to be bipartisan, and we have stuck true to that. Uh, you know, it's interesting in some of the early days, some of the controversies we got involved in as a tech council was, uh, for example, human embryonic stem cell research. Yeah. And so uh, we took positions around that that perhaps some on either side of the aisle would not have liked, but we thought it was the right thing. And indeed, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, born, it's born true. Um, so we really remain bipartisan at this point. Um, for example, when there are bills in the legislature that, that whether maybe we helped instigate or there are others, we, we always try to make sure that it is very bipartisan. And we've done that throughout administrations, whether Republican or Democrat. You know, a lot of great things happened in the early days. And then when Governor Doyle, a Democrat, was governor, and then into the era when Scott Walker was there and now with Governor Evers. And so we've, we've seen those transitions and have worked with them because I think at the end of the day, uh, innovation, jobs, a strong economy are bipartisan issues. Yeah, definitely. So how do, how do you come to the formation of these opinions when you, you have to maintain that bipartisanship and you're hearing from people and trying to figure out what is the, the right choice as opposed to the choice that might be politically popular? What is the, the thought process and, and who are you as a council getting input from to, to reach those decisions? Right. Well, we, we, for starters, have a large and really talented board of directors. We have more than 50 directors, and um, they come from 
all kind of walks of the life in terms of technology. There are researchers, there are investors, there are young company owners, there are people from larger companies, there are people uh, who touch state government. They're really a diverse group and they come from different parts of the state. And so that's a strength right there to hear from people you know, with different backgrounds, different perspectives. Uh, oftentimes the research projects around that can start with, with me or members of our staff. And we're in touch with, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a larger national network and we're seeing a lot of the traffic around issues. So we, when we come up with positions, it's, it's usually gonna be in the form of our white papers, which come out every couple of years. Then we have some special uh, reports as well. Uh, but it goes through kind of the ringer of, uh, of board action and contemplation. And, and then, you know, that's, I fall back on skills as learned as a journalist about you know, the writing and the editing side of things and the fact-checking. So it's, it's all part of it. Great. Uh, so you, you mentioned some of, the, or at least one of the more controversial issues you had to weigh in on early early in, in the council's existence. But what are some of the you know, sort of big-ticket issues, big wins that um, the council's played a, a role in over its its time in Wisconsin? Well, I think that, that frankly, the stem cell issue was one of them. And, and early on, um, because... Um, the science around it um, was was probably misinterpreted by some who who uh, saw it through a different prism, and I respect those opinions, but they saw it as as something that was uh, strictly a pro-life issue, and and there were aspects of that, but at the same time, the way those stem cells were derived, cultured, and maintained were were different than what people were, knew, and in fact, the science has kind of passed it by in some ways. Because now most stem cell research is around induced pluripotent stem cells, which are reverse engineered cells from other, other cells in an adult human body. Um, the, the science, as we thought at the time, was going to grow and evolve. Other things over time have involved um, what's happened around the investment climate. When we started the Tech Council, there was not much going on in terms of angel and venture capital investments in Wisconsin. There were some great starts in some places, but not much. And over time, we've, we've been able to work for things like uh, the investor tax credit system in Wisconsin, which has, uh, has been really a national model. Uh, we helped get that passed. Uh, the new Badger Fund of Funds is uh, another good example. And uh, we have slowly but surely, and you know, sometimes it's, uh, the results are not as good as we'd like to see, been involved in issues like uh, broadband and just the general tech infrastructure in Wisconsin and trying to build that out. The ability in general, and it wasn't just stem cells, it, it included things like nanotechnology, uh, the ability for researchers to, uh, to be researchers and to, to have the, the necessary freedom and the, uh, to do the kind of work that they do best and building the the network of basic research in Wisconsin as well as applied research. So we see that as very important to the to what's going on. And we've there have been other things too about that involve workforce, that involve other aspects of, of um, I guess speed bumps to young company formation. So we feel like we've gotten some good things done. I imagine there's always kind of a, a push and pull between 
from the the science and tech and entrepreneurship communities wanting, you know, government to create an environment that allows them to sort of function on their own and not be regulated, but at the same time sort of needing some regulations to allow things to happen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, that's is that a kind of a tricky balance to, to strike? Yeah, I think I think it, at times it, it certainly can be. Um, you know, a good example that might be the current debate over over privacy regulations. Yeah. yeah. At at you know, involving some of the really big tech companies that had some obvious missteps. Well, one of the things that, that I mean it makes sense to, to have some regulation there. We also have to remember that these companies would not be here in the United States or with their influence around the world today if not for what was a fairly unregulated environment. Sure. And on the other hand, it has grown to a point where there needs to be some kind of solution there. Well, in in our belief, we think it has to be a national solution hmm. uh, versus a state by state solution because that's going to impede interstate commerce and it's going to it's going to make it so tough for all the t- different users of those kinds of technologies when they have to navigate things from one state to the next. So, a national solution around some of those privacy issues we think uh, will make some sense. But you're right, it's a dance between regulate, don't regulate. And uh, I guess it's a tension that's always going to be there. Yeah. Well, and I think just sort of the the nature of science and tech is that it's evolving faster than legislation or regulation can ever keep up with. And so it's a question of how much can you anticipate and how much are you responding long after the fact? Right, right. And that's, and that's, you know, I think that's the case oftentimes in public policy and other areas, Uh, you know, the environment being a good, good example, Um, that there can be, it can be more responsive sometimes than anticipatory. But um, we try to we try to get out front wherever we can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, looking at, at Wisconsin in the context of other states, in the context of, of the, the nation, um, what are the, the strengths of Wisconsin's science and, and tech and business scenes, and, and where, where are there some opportunities to improve? Sure. Wisconsin is really blessed, I think, in terms of its diversity of technology sectors. You can go to some places in the country, and it's it's a little more of a you know one one trick pony. But here we have a great life sciences sector, uh, health IT, medical devices, wh- what I would call um, industrial tech around around what happens in manufacturing, ag tech, and then the whole software scene in general has grown really a lot since. Uh, you know, even my tenure at the Tech Council. We have um, really, I think, a high point is around in insurance and finance. And the, and so InsureTech and FinTech are something that was on the rise in Wisconsin. So, in other words, a lot of a lot of things that are out there. Yeah. Um, then we have a great research uh, structure. You know, the UW-Madison, the, uh, the Medical College of Wisconsin, UW-Milwaukee, Marquette are all great examples of research universities that add to what's happening uh, in the in the state and where they're often they're they're often sources of new young companies so I think those are two of the things that we have I think I suppose I suppose a third is just the general quality of the workforce we have some well-trained people we have people who are willing to work <laughs> and yeah. and um, it I think it it's uh, it's an attractive factor 
uh, for people looking in from outside. And then this is something that's not often thought of, but I think it's a plus, is the quality of health care in Wisconsin. Yeah. Because it can uh, help attract and retain uh, workers and companies alike. And it's, so that that's, that's something that, that has to be valued. Sure. I think for um, the last maybe four or five years, uh, one of the challenges that came up a lot was um, Wisconsin's ranking compared to other states in terms of startups and entrepreneurship in general. Uh, is, is that still a challenge for the state? Are things kind of getting better in that regard? Yeah, I think, well, it for any state, anywhere, it will be a challenge because, <laughs> yeah. you know, some of the general trends in the United States of late have shown fewer entrepreneurs. Now, I'm more optimistic about Wisconsin uh, than, than most because of some of the things we see. Uh, for example, uh, our Wisconsin Early Stage Symposium is coming up in November. We had 87 companies, which was a record, apply to present there. So they were all from all those kinds of sectors I just mentioned mm-hmm. and from other states that have where people have apparently taken notice that there's some good things going on here. It is a problem in rural Wisconsin more than in urban centers. Mm-hmm. Dane County, Milwaukee, Fox Valley, even Chippewa Valley, uh, western Wisconsin. Those are places that I, I see a lot more activity now. But in rural Wisconsin, is a bit tougher. And I think that's, again, a problem that's not isolated to Wisconsin, but, but throughout the upper Midwest and many other places in the country. The, uh, the rankings that often get cited in this case were through the Kauffman Foundation in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And Kauffman took a time out on its own rankings a year or so ago, uh, I think because there was some discussion about what should really be measured. One of the things about how Wisconsin was measured was, in, in lay terms, it boils down to how many people left their regular jobs to start a company. Hmm. Well, it's kind of not the Wisconsin way in a, yeah. way, in a, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we have uh, more moonlighters than not. Right. And uh, I, I talk to those kinds of folks at young companies all the time. So it's, um, I think uh, the Wisconsin numbers are probably better than expected. And certainly anecdotally, um, we see it. We see it with entries to our governor's business plan contest, to folks who are at our conferences, to people who are taking part in pitch events. Uh, and not only us, but others. So I, I think that Wisconsin has a little bit healthier startup economy than most people uh, would think, although there's always work to be done. Sure. So you brought up the issues or the, the sort of dearth of activity in, in rural communities, and you brought up broadband earlier. What are the things that are needed uh, to make sure that as Wisconsin sort of grows in these sectors, that can extend to rural parts of the state? Sure. Uh, broadband, of course, is a big one and is most often cited. And it's so important in so many ways in rural areas because distance can be an impediment. Distance from markets, distance from schools, distance from health care, distance from even uh, certain kinds of recreational and cultural activities. So broadband can be a leveler. It can be much like rural uh, electrification and rural telephone systems were in, in past eras. And so the the more penetration we have there and the more choices, which I think is important as well because they have to be uh, more competitive choices make for better access. 
uh, I think that's that's big for so many reasons. You know, think of tele, telemedicine. Think of all sure. the great main, main Street businesses that could actually be larger regional or even national businesses with the right connections. Uh, one I can think of, one example is in uh, the Ashland area in northwest Wisconsin. A company called Superior Sauna, and that's what they do. They do saunas and sauna parts, and, and they were more or less kind of in that Ashland, Bayfield, Iron County area. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, because they wound up in a, uh, uh, a business park with the right connections, they're selling saunas all over the world. Wow. And so it's same company, same good quality, right? Yeah. It's just they have a larger customer base. So um, broadband's one of them. Housing, I think, is another. Uh, the housing stock in parts of Wisconsin is not as up-to-date or as diverse as it needs to be. And so when companies are looking for places to land, they have to have places where employees can live, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that I think, is, is a bit of the issue. I think that um, there are certain institutions in parts of rural Wisconsin that are really bedrocks. You, uh, local school district, often. Mm-hmm. A local hospital. You know, a few other things like that that local banks and there are few local ba- fewer local banks now than there have been in the past. Yeah. And so if those institutions are weakened or otherwise go away, I think it, it gnaws at the fabric of of what's what's it like to live in rural Wisconsin. Um, so those are some factors. Uh, I, I was reading a few of your recent columns before you came in and uh, really enjoyed one where you talked about the differences between Madison's entrepreneurial scene and Milwaukee's. And, you know, these two communities are not all that far apart mm-hmm. from each other, but very different things going on. I was wondering if you could kind of share some of the observations that you've found looking at the, the differences and similarities between these two sort of hubs in the state. Yeah, I think um, the Milwaukee uh, sort of community, which by the way, I think is is getting more vibrant all the time. Has some great things going for it. Many of the young companies there come out of the manufacturing and even uh, brewing and water traditions in that in that city. Um, so they they become a little bit from a different base. Uh, although healthcare is is very big there, engineered products are very big there. So there's a little it's a little different than the Madison scene, which is a little more on the healthcare side, health IT. Uh-huh. Uh, but other things as well. So there's that s- maybe subtle but, but you know, definite market uh, sector difference. In Milwaukee, there is no single UW-Madison yeah. that's, that's driving things. Now, you know, that's because UW-Madison is <laughs> the UW-Madison, right? right, billion, right. Uh, 1.1 billion in research every year, top six in the country, a uh, lot of resources. So Milwaukee has, uh, more recently than not, established networks that allow the UWM uh, Medical College, Marquette, and some of the other really fine private colleges there to work more together and kind of collectively provide answers for entrepreneurs. Um, I think uh, the big companies in Milwaukee uh, at first were not really a part of the game. You know, here mm-hmm. there was a, a tradition where American Family Insurance, for example, sure. or MG&E, or some others were always kind of there. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about over over time that, I mean, it's a longer list in, in Madison 
of, of folks who are part of helping grow the structure, the network around young companies. Uh, in Milwaukee, they, the, the, the legacy companies there were a little slower getting at it, but now that they have, they seem to be all in. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're really enthusiastic about it. The Northwestern Mutuals, Johnson Controls, sure. Rockwell Automations of the world. And so um, they should be congratulated for what they're doing. And, uh, you know, there's still a bit of a gap, but it's getting better. But it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's two different cities, always has been. But, yeah. but then again, it's only 85 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's not like a light year away. No. So, uh, but it's, uh, it's been great to see how, how that has advanced over time. Yeah. What are you seeing uh, in terms of, of themes and trends in, in other communities in the state where um, there are sort of maybe newly forming vibrant startup communities or, or things that are going well? Well, let me let me talk a for a little bit about uh, the Chippewa Valley. So Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, even extending the to uh, Menominee. That's you know you go back in time. That's where Cray Computers started, and uh, Seymour Cray was one of these early pioneers in supercomputers, and and uh, chose to set up shop there. And so out of that, there was some fallout of talent over time, and, and Cray still has a facility there. Uh, of people who came out of that company and went on to do other things. And then the UW-Eau Claire, I think, has been a, a really good piece of the puzzle there. Jamf is a still, I think, relatively young company yeah. that's, uh, that's out of Eau Claire, started uh, by, by two guys who were Eau Claire students and you know, a lot of pizza and beer in the basement, and, and got it going. And they, today, I think they're they're in at least eight countries around the world with their product, which is a sort of an integrator for different Apple Apple devices. Uh, so the Eau Claire area, we're seeing more activity. Uh, we're seeing uh, some in the Fox Valley as well. In fact, a lot in the Fox Valley, especially the you know the kind of the Green Bay Appleton area, where um, there have been some uh, good investments there. I think. And a lot of technology that is tied to what's happening in that vibrant industrial sector. So a couple of good examples there. Western Wisconsin is a great example. I think in time, Southeast Wisconsin will be doing more. Uh, and then there's Rock County, where you know a couple of companies stand out there: North Star Radioisotopes and Shine Medical. And uh, in fact, just this week. Uh, Shine and its uh, one of its related companies, Phoenix uh, Nuclear, announced the the longest sustainable fusion reaction so far wow. in the world. <laughs> so that and that's something in Rock County. <laughs> well, it was uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the companies are there, but I think yeah. the reaction actually took place at Lawrence Livermore in California. Okay, but it was you know pulled off because yeah. of those two companies, and so I think you know we'll see a day where maybe not too far in the future, where uh, a significant portion of medical isotopes are produced in Rock County. Wow. So. I would have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's pretty exciting and, and it's been great to watch. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. 
Visit ExactSciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. Governor Evers, since taking office, has talked a lot about a 72-county strategy when it comes to economic development and, and tech and, and expansion. Um, what does that look like from the Tech Council's point of view? Well, and it, and it gets back to what our, our discussion so far about rural Wisconsin and yeah. some of the, uh, the things that need to happen there. Because you really don't want, I don't want, I don't think anybody wants, certainly Governor Evers wouldn't want, a state that's sort of have and have not. Yeah that uh, you have one economy trapped in time and one that's marching ahead. That said, I don't think anyone's expecting Forest County or, or uh, Sawyer County to be the next tech hub, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they can't be vibrant, they can't be tech-enabled, and they can't build on some natural strengths that they may have, whether those are Main Street businesses, uh, natural resources, tourism, things that are already there, agriculture, of course, that can be grown out to be even healthier. So now 72 counties, that's us, right? We're all 72. It's also a state that has different economies in different regions. And that's why there are um, regional economic development entities across the state. Uh, here in the Madison area, MADREP is a great example. Mm-hmm. But there are others. Uh, Grow North is a great example. New North in northeast Wisconsin uh, momentum west in the 10 counties along the Minnesota border. So um, I think that the 72 county strategy should take into consideration the notion that there are different regions that are going to have different strengths and different challenges and and that those those kinds of organizations can be a part of it as well as those of us like us at the Tech Council who can provide a bit of a s- statewide overview where we can and how it can help knit some things together. Looking at southeastern Wisconsin uh, and what the future of that might be in terms of economic development and tech, obviously Foxconn is going to play a big role one way or another in that. Um, I think the, the marketing campaign for the cell was calling it Wisconsin Valley, which I always thought was a little corny, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where do you see the, the future of that project going and, and, and how will that impact the region right now, do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's been well reported by by the Capital Times and pro, and other publications that the initial project as it was envisioned has changed. Yeah, that um, it won't likely be the uh, sort of mass production screen site. I'm thinking, you know, televisions, right, and, right, the and, large like, and 4Ks, phones yeah, and yeah. all of that. You know, that's that's older. Yeah. Uh, I think it will focus on some 8K, 5G types of technologies that can be useful in everything from avionics to um, autonomous vehicles to medical devices uh, to medical imaging, those kinds of things, which will be very high value. I think the plant itself will still be big. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and that's that's really interesting, but I think that they will that Foxcan will probably reach out in parts of the state into other areas where they see emerging technologies and they see uh, basic research being conducted that can fit into their footprint. It, you know, one of the things that's I think interesting when you and this brings in a national issue, but the current trade war. Yeah. And I think Foxcon probably looked early on and saying, you know what, I think we'd rather be in the United States looking looking out than being on the other side looking in. Yep. And I think it's, uh, you know, in terms of their corporate footprint, but also the notion of 
of uh, global security. I think they it, they were probably pretty wise to to look at Wisconsin, and I I think on balance, most people are going to be happy with this over time. The uh, the tax subsidies really have yet to truly kick in because there's not right not as much happening. Right. So so um, it's um, I think it will grow well over time, but. But I think everybody should be expecting a longer sort of horizon all, on all of that development. Sure. The debate over it as it kind of took place in terms of the incentives was the, the separate question of kind of I think everyone agreed for the most part that it's good to have big companies coming into Wisconsin. And then mm-hmm. there was the separate question of should we be giving them large tax incentives? And mm-hmm. the selling point on the tax incentives was this is a once in a lifetime transformative opportunity that you know we can't match. Now what they're promising has changed. Is it still as appealing as it was when uh, that initial proposal was made? I, I think the long-term appeal is, is uh, definitely still there because of how it could be um, embedded in the supply chain and the research chain here in Wisconsin in ways that maybe weren't initially uh, thought of or at least fully thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's, that's going to be good. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, sometimes you watch, if you watch the trailer on a film, you may think, eh, I don't want to see this. But then <laughs> sure. if you watch the full movie, it's pretty good. Okay, yeah. And so that could be where we're at over time. Okay, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, that's it's kind of a time will tell thing yeah. at this point. Yeah, I, but I think so. Yeah. And, and and there are, I believe there are necessary checks and balances in place. I, I, I think the legislature, I think the governor, and I know the governor is through his um, staff and others, they're they're watching this, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're and they're, um, you know, it's kind of uh, um, they they want it to succeed as much as anybody else, right? Uh, but at the same time, they're gonna they're gonna try to make sure that they're holding uh, people to the their expectations and promises. Yeah. So the other relatively contentious issue that you and I have both stepped into the foray on recently <laughs> um, yeah. is the the proposal to bring F-35 fighter jets to Madison. How typical is it for, for you or the Tech Council to weigh in on a question like that? And, and why is this um, something that you would weigh in on? Well, I, I actually, and again, this harkens back to our dis- discussion about being a journalist, my years yeah. as a journalist. Yeah. I um, fortunately had a front row seat for a lot of the controversies in Madison over time that involved something new, something physically different. Yeah. The convention center, the overture center, uh, some of the South Beltline improvements. Um, there was uh, also the, the National Bioagro Defense Facility, which is actually more recent, mm-hmm. that did not come here yeah. uh, over you know some reasons around local opposition. And and now it's at Kansas State University, and it's going to be a big deal. And so I, I wrote a piece recently, and thank you for, for publishing that, that talked about here's, here's the history with Madison, and we seem to be going a little bit down that rabbit hole again. Mm-hmm. I think from what I've seen, the, the technical needs around uh, having those, those fighters here will be uh, consistent with the kinds of things that can be supplied in this community. And by the way, we just talked about Southeast Wisconsin, not far from that. Uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, the noise levels will be comparable to F-16s, which are already here. 
Um, this is a longstanding air base uh, at Truax. And so it, it was, you know, in terms of the general notion of, of progress around different sectors, we thought this was, you know, thought this was something worth uh, weighing in a, in a, in a bit. So, um, you know, there is a really strong aerospace industry in Wisconsin yeah. uh, with suppliers and others. And so while we this we don't have a lot of air bases, Truex is really a great example. And then, of course, over in Milwaukee, the base there, there's a lot happening here. And it, and it fits well with the rest of kind of the tech footprint in Wisconsin. Yeah, I guess how, how do you how do you and, and how does the council kind of assess that that balance of uh, on, on anything, not just the F-35s of, you know, how much is this going to disrupt people versus um, overall potentially be, you know, the right direction for a community to go in? Right. I think that 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 was a part of the debate back in time over stem cells. And by the way, fetal tissue. Yep. Yeah. Which is more recent. Yep. Uh, and nanotechnology, the the notion of you know what are what is that that uh, cost benefit structure mm-hmm. around that in the assessing the risk, uh, and so we've had some good strong debates around that. One of the areas where I think we've also spent some time is around alternative energy, yeah, and renewables, and the notion there that you know as we face what I think any everyone will agree is a enormous climate change issue and, and people can disagree I suppose on how much man-made and how much is natural but certainly most of the evidence points to man-made yes and yeah. um, why shouldn't Wisconsin which has no oil no natural <laughs> gas no coal mm-hmm. move towards other energy forms that that make sense um, yes there will be some cost in as as the whole system is is transferred in that way but um, overall, it's going to make sense for Wisconsin in the long term because of our otherwise energy dependence on other things that are not produced in the state. So, yeah, that's how we you yeah. know, often try to look at things in a in a you know more general way. Yeah. So, what's on the horizon for for you guys? What kind of issues are you working on? What do you see as the next debates that you may get involved in, or or initiatives that you may try to champion? You know, I think we'll be, we'll remain um, very much involved in in uh, things like broadband, and where that, how that helps in rural Wisconsin and other pieces around rural Wisconsin. I think um, we'll probably have a, a focus on the quality of health care while controlling costs, that so that there's a balance there that it's a overall business and job attractor versus detractor. Yep. Uh, we'll stay. We'll stay very much involved in in what's going on with emerging companies of all stripes. You know that's where we're very ecumenical. I mean, you know, we kind of love them all. Yeah. And uh, and bringing in investment dollars, uh, homegrown investment dollars are great, but at the end of the day, we also need dollars from elsewhere. And so, at things like our, our early stage symposium coming up, we'll have investors from hopefully all over the country who are there. And I think they'll be impressed by the quality of Wisconsin startups and emerging companies. Um, in some cases, maybe surprised. But as the coasts look at more cost-effective places to do business, I think Wisconsin is going to be one of those places. So I, th- I think we'll be very engaged in in the policy side, the communication side, and the connecting side with investors, young companies, 
service providers and others who can really play a role. Okay. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted to touch on today? No, I think we covered a lot and, and uh, appreciate it. I mean, I guess the one thing I, you know, maybe could leave listeners with is uh, hopefully a sense of optimism about where we're at. Um, Wisconsin, I truly believe, is no longer a flyover state. There are investors and larger companies and others from around the country, if not the world, that are paying attention now. And they see our assets as being natural, of course, but also uh, tied to uh, our people and and the quality of uh, their education and their work ethic and their training. And so uh, I have every reason to believe and think and, and... that Wisconsin is going to do nothing but move ahead. I love this place, and I think it's, I think it's got a great future. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll be back with new episodes every other Friday, so make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts so you can stay up to date. If you have any feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Opie, or you can email me at J-O-P-O-I-E-N at Madison.com. You can also check out our other Cap Times podcasts like The Madsplainers, The Corner Table, and Live from Cap Times Idea Fest. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.